today I've got a new guest, gentleman I've been communicating with, I wanted to share with all of you, uh, Tom Moore. Uh, he is the founder of Auto Scheduler. This works for warehouse management systems and it allows you to streamline all processes throughout the warehousing system. Yeah, and so how do we maintain that consistency across the whole whole environment? Yeah, that sounds pretty impressive. I think the industry's always been hurry up and wait, right? For a carrier. Yep, you're here, you have a 9 a.m., it's 9 a.m. Uh, go on out there, we'll come get you when we're ready for you. But then you didn't have a 9 a.m., right? Right. If I, I'm here at 9, I'm ready to load at 9, uh, I should be going into a dock, right? No, that's not how it works. But I think technology is adopted by the big budget shippers and companies first, more so than the smaller, the more private companies that maybe have a, don't have a huge budget for technology set aside and values. So marketing to them is going to be different, right? So it's going to be about scalability and and what what does it look like how are you thinking that that would would look well first of all let's let's look at the categories of folks there there are the companies like a procter and gamble which is just straight a pioneer they're prepared to try something see if it works carry on so we've been working with with procter for a number of years and auto scheduler was something that a few of us dreamed up sitting in an office in greensboro north carolina um, basically you say, hey, how do we solve this problem of scheduling the dock? Okay, very straightforward problems to solve. Well, we develop from there into how do we, how, if we, if we schedule the dock this way, then we have to schedule the case picking, we have to schedule the unloading, we have to schedule all the other pieces. Everything was contingent on on something else. So that's how we got into this, okay? So they're the, they're the pioneers. Then there are the, the, I'll call them the fast followers. The fast followers are people who, hey, I, I see that Proctor's doing this, if Proctor even allows you to announce it, which they didn't for a number of years. Um, but I see Proctor's doing this. They are pretty savvy guys. We should learn from them and follow, okay? Mm -hmm. And then we, we, we see the, the gee, um, can you tell me if, 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 if and, and absolutely guarantee me that I will save a dollar for every dime I invest with you in the software business. Okay, well, guaranteed return, right? Yeah, well, and 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 I understand the desire to have a return, um, but you know, and I know, you can't guarantee anything because you know, anything you don't have full control over, and you never have control about you know, how people adopt things, and some people. And to, you can train them, you can teach them, you can get them saying yes, yes, yes. And then, you know, they go back to their old ways because they see the problem. And, and, and I'll give a classic example of this. One of, one of our clients um, made admixtures, products that go into concrete. And it makes the concrete set faster, set slower. Um, but one of the things they developed was, was they have these automatic curb making machines for the sides of roads and historically, you, you put concrete into this machine, it kind of moved along, out came a curb at the back, and you know somebody stood behind it and, and polished up the, the stuff and you know, just to make sure all the holes were there uh, were filled in. And, and then they added this new 
addition to the concrete and it started to smoothly flow. Well, the guys who were doing that patching, they stood there and they watched it and they said that was a great day. And then they suddenly realized, oh, I'm going to be out of a job. So now yeah. they started finding the proverbial uh, uh, small excrement in the pepper, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> you, you now have a, um, uh, ha have, have a situation where people kind of worry about their jobs. So I think one of the things that's very important to say in any new system implementation is, look, nobody's going to lose their job over this. We will, and particularly in a warehouse environment where turnover is so high, we should never let anybody go because you put in a, in a system that, that makes life better for everybody. Okay. Absolutely never. You know, the thought process was, you know, I'm, I'm going to obsolete myself at some level, you know, and nobody wants to be obsoleted and they all need a job. Everybody's got a family, right? Et cetera. I can see that. But I think at the end of the day, whether your, your staff shouldn't change, everybody's going to be, can benefit from the efficiencies that this promotes and drives. Absolutely. No, no, so, no doubt about it. But, you know, again, you and I aren't sitting down there making a decision of, well, are these guys going to let me go off so they don't need two people doing this planning um, on first shift and second shift and third shift? You know, uh, if they can go from six people to three people, boy, that would make, seem to make a lot of sense, right? And, and, you know, again, God bless Procter & Gamble, great company. They came back and, and when we went from from – six people to three, they made sure those other three people had good jobs. Right. That I think that's the that, that's the approach. You say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna re I'm gonna reutilize my people. I'm gonna say, you know, uh, who's got what skill sets out of the six that might be going to three, uh, potentially, and I'm gonna take the three that maybe fit a different role also and put them in that position so that they can drive more value for our organization. Common sense. Common sense. Not, not always a, common. Not a hatchet routine. You know, uh, you help everybody up. You know, and, and the win-win the is, is um, certainly with Autoscheduler, it's not super expensive um, on an annual basis. It is the reduction of, of labor is, it would be a nice addition, but just, you know, you're making the operation so much more efficient and smoother. Uh, for example, we looked at a, a we worked in a warehouse in California, and we calculated the amount of forklift driving we saved in one week was the equivalent of driving a forklift from LA to San Francisco. Think about wow. LA to wow. San Francisco eliminated in every in week forklift. That there's a cost with that. A huge cost to that. Okay. Huge cost. And, and, you know, again, you come to a warehouse environment, warehouses, uh, unfortunately, have seen a huge turnover rate. Uh, and, and that turnover enables you to, to be smart about how you manage around people. Absolutely. And all of this is, is all part of the auto scheduler platform that you have. That is correct. Now, tell me about Warehouse optimization. About 30 years ago, um, we started working with P&G, Procter & Gamble, and they uh, said, we need to, to work on how to do case picking and truck loading. 
and provide detailed instructions to the people who are actually picking the cases up and putting them on a pallet and the people who are picking up the pallets and putting them on the truck. And we want the trucks to be legal. We want them to be damage-free, all those other things. And we developed the technology behind doing that. But we soon realized that, hold on, we're working at the warehouse. We're dealing with orders that somebody has written somewhere upstream. And if we could write those orders to be more efficient, that would be really good for the warehouse. But it would also be good because we could actually physically get more product on the truck. Okay. If yeah. we can write an order that can load a truck to within 98% of its of its capacity and do it legally and do it so the axles are, are appropriate first time, then what a huge benefit that is to everybody. Okay. So it's one of those win-win-win kind of environments. Mm-hmm. Win number one is the, the, the person who is is loading the truck doesn't get yelled at for having to do a reload, right? Win number two, the shipper saves money. Okay, we save somewhere between five and ten percent. So it's literally it's ultimately shipping five to ten percent fewer trucks. And I'll come back to how that impacts the carriers as well. The third piece on the on that is it's a win for the environment. Okay, we're, we're really not shipping and creating as much carbon. And, and and win number four is it really is a win for the carrier. And you go, oh god, hey, you were shipping fewer loads, right? Well, how many hours get wasted when uh, a truck goes over the scale we weigh it oh it's not right we come back da 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 da, da okay mm-hmm. and and i guess win number five becomes a win for the the ultimate customer because they were expecting this amount of product and oh none of it had to be cut at the dock because the axles were over okay yeah. so less less trucks in and out of their facility you know it's a win from every perspective. It is. And, and, you know, people say, well, don't carriers get upset? Well, you know, carriers obviously, of, over the years, my experience is that they're always very quick to say how strong they are in terms of carrier of, of truckload capacity when they're in the bid process. And once they've secured the business, how, how gee, those trucks have magically got smaller or, or heavier or something uh, since, since then. But... The reality of the situation is you look at some of the high-class shippers and, and Anheuser-Busch, who's not one of our clients, by the way, just to be clear, they're probably the gold standard. They they have built into their warehouse management system you know, 30 years ago how to uh, load a truck and, and how to maximize it. They're shipping to their distributors. Their distributors have got kind of a standing arrangement with them. So if that truck comes back from the scale and it's not heavy enough, it comes back and they throw an extra pallet on. Um, we did an analysis of weigh in motion scales and, you know, trucks see, see these signs on the side of the road saying weigh in motion scale, you know, it's 65 miles an hour. It's measuring the weight of all the axles and, and measuring the weight of the truck, et cetera. And we did an analysis on this. And I when I got the data uh, from the Georgia Department of Transportation, I said, hey, how do you know this is this is valid that the, the scales are calibrated. So, well, very simply, when an Anheuser-Busch truck goes over the scale, if it doesn't register 80,000 pounds, we, we go and get the calibration and start working on calibrating the, the, the road. So when we looked at this data and we looked at um, a couple hundred thousand shipments that were weighing out the truck, and we found that 
more than 90%, it was like 92% are, are quite some distance away, that, you know, thousands of pounds away from what the truck's capacity would be in total. You know, if we're looking mm -hmm. at the 80,000-pound rule going across the road, you know, only 8% came within 1,000 pounds. Okay? So we're leaving money on the table because we're not filling up our trucks. Simple as that. If you're a shipper and you're an Anheuser-Busch or someone like that that's sending massive volumes of the same weight product, same dimensionally, you know, most of the time when you when you buy a product from from them, uh, it's going to be in the consistently the same number of of items in it, and it's going to be packaged the same way, the same size. I think that is a huge opportunity for consistency. Tom, we're going to cut it off right there and we'll pick up next week. Thanks for watching. Stay in your lane. Tom, thanks for being on. Everyone have a great day. Continue watching on the next episode of the Stay in Your Lane podcast.